Today, we're talking with Crystal Roberts. And Crystal, thank you so much for being willing to, to share your story and your testimony with me. Obviously, I haven't known you all that long, but something you said in an email a week or two really touched my heart, kind of caught my attention. And I realized that you have a very deep and strong testimony. And I wanted to see if, if we could talk a little bit more about that. And so thank you for being willing to, to do that. Uh, my first question, Crystal, is when did you first become acquainted with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel like the church kind of has always like been in my life because I've had friends um, who've been a part of the religion since they were kids. And we kind of, my family moved around a lot. So like, I always knew of that religion because I always knew at least one person where I lived who was part of it. And so it was never like not in my life, but I feel like the first time I, I like started learning about it, I was 16, 17 years old, like where I actually wanted to know and learn um, about it. What so, was it that, that, that made you want to know? Was there a, an event or something that sparked interest? Um, Honestly, I feel like as a teenager in high school, it's really hard for everyone, right? So I just was not, I was not doing well uh, mentally. I felt, I felt like we, or at least I was just like living, you know, like we'll live life and then we'll die and it's all for nothing. And I didn't want to believe that because like I had gone through a lot in my younger years and I had faith instilled in me then but like I just wanted to like know more about why I was here like why I was struggling and if it meant anything because like at that point in my life my struggles were just like there and I, I, I was confused I didn't know um why I had to go through everything that I right. had gone through my whole life. What, what was it that, um, how, how did that first meeting go or how did you go about setting that up? Was it through a friend or did you call the missionaries or? Did not have any idea that missionaries existed at that time. So I actually went through a friend. He was my best friend. Um, and he was my supervisor at work. So it was like, we had, we had a pretty good relationship. And so right. um, I had talked to him about, he was in college at that time because he was like two years older than me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start going to church, I think, with a friend. And so it was a friend who wasn't um, part of the church. And he did, um, this friend at college, he did um, say, oh, you can go with my family. You know, they would love to have you. And I just wasn't ready. Like, I didn't feel ready to do that. Right. Because <laughs> it just seems, it seemed like a lot. And so I just wanted to kind of just like 
dabble, right? Like, what is church? What do people do? Sure. So I went with a friend to a non-denominational um, church service, and it was good. It was fun. Um, I still felt like I wanted more. And so after probably a month of going with my friend, I, uh, you know, I wrote my friend back um, in college and I said, um, when does your church like start? Who could pick me up? You know, stuff like that. Or like I was driving. So I'd just be like, what's the address? I can just like go there. He didn't want me to be alone though. So like I ended up going with like his siblings and stuff like that. Okay. So did you not have any church as a family? I mean, you didn't really grow up religiously at all? I didn't really, not really. Um, we, so my mom is from Panama. So the Catholic roots run deep in that side of my sure. family. Um, but we didn't really like follow Catholicism or go like we we were the church family that would go during like you know Christmas Easter you know the important holidays where sure. people tend to go to church that's kind of what we did and uh we had like maybe a year where we went probably a little bit more but it wasn't really um much and so we so there wasn't a, a strong tradition of hey we go every Sunday we may go once or twice yeah. a year and that's then that's okay yeah yeah and okay. we have faith i mean we knew our parents had taught us about god and so i believed in that and i um you know those types of things i believed i have a, i had a savior who died for me and and that's about it so that's sure kind of what so you you started going with this LDS family, and I assume they probably introduced you to the missionaries pretty quickly. Yeah, I met the missionaries. So this is when it was three hours, right? So right. I went. It was a fast and testimony meeting, which I didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> and so then after that, second hour was when I met my missionaries for the first time. And I was like, what is going on? I was very confused. And so then they were like, oh, we'd like to meet with you. It is a and confusing process. I'm sure from <laughs> anybody looking from the outside, it's like, what? Yeah, I was just really confused. Okay. And so they were like, do you want to meet with us? And I was like, I'd love to uh, learn, you know, what this is all about. But I don't think you can come to my house, obviously, right? Like my parents... At the time, I don't even think I told them I was going to like a Mormon, you know, or <laughs> I don't think they knew that that's where I went. They just knew I was like, hey, I'm going to go to church with a friend. And that was it. That was all they knew. They didn't actually know for a while. I sure. So so when you met with them, what, at the church or, or at this other? Yeah. So house? my gospel family. Right. I met mm. at their house. That's where I had all my all my lessons for a long time, actually. How long did you take lessons? Oh, so it started like in, I want to say like September. And then um, it went all the way. I mean, I got baptized the next March. So. Okay. Little while. Little while, a lot of off and on. 
for obvious reasons. How, how, at what point did your parents know that you were actively pursuing this possibility? I think it was, it was around the holidays. Cause I remember actually talking to them. Like I sat down with them. Not that I felt like I was lying, but like, you know, omitting something that important. Sure. <laughs> it felt weird. So I sat down with my mom first, just because she's a little bit more open to things. And I said, hey, I've been talking to um, these missionaries. They're from this church. Like, are you okay with that? And she she was a little thrown off. Like, I can't believe you thought you had to like meet in secret in someone else's house. You know, like she was very welcoming to that's it, cool right? now that's huge yeah oh yeah right so i was like oh my goodness this is great now i can have them just come to my house instead of uh sneaking around <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so silly now thinking about it but um telling my dad was actually really hard because my dad did not he knew a lot about like mormons and like the the, the negative side, I guess, you know, the side sure. that you just talked about. And so he didn't really like that I was um, taking lessons. And so, but he still was like, I'd rather you take them here at our house. And so it switched sure. and took them at my house. That's, that's pretty impressive that your both your parents were at least willing to support you. Um when, when would you say that things started to change maybe with your friends or with your, your, your peers, or I, I can't imagine, or, you know, what that was like, but to go, you know, you would start changing probably. And, and so your friendships might start changing. Yeah, they did. Um, I actually didn't change a lot just because like, I kind of was already following a lot of like what everyone in the church follows um but it was just i feel like some of my friends almost felt betrayed it was weird because they acted that way and i just felt like well why because like i'm not doing anything bad like this isn't a crime you know i'm really happy like i haven't been this happy in a long time finally like felt like i was getting some answers to my life you know and then all of a sudden my friends are just like, how could you? And I'm like, how could I, what? It was really interesting, like an interesting dynamic, but then like, you know, my good friends, I would like sit down and talk. Like, why do you feel this way? Like what's going on? And so one of them was the friend that I had originally gone to her church with. Right. And she just felt that I had just left her, you know, like, abandoned her almost and and I just said like there was just more I was looking for more it wasn't anything to do with her it was just how I was feeling inside this like longing in my spirit that there was more out there and I wanted to find it and so we kind of mended our relationship that way she was just happy that I was happy at that point. So I kind of leaned on her a lot because everyone else, and I'm not, I don't like to talk badly about people, but like 
even like the the teens who were Mormon in my school, I didn't really have a lot of support from them because I don't know, I guess some of them felt forced into it by the time they were teens and they sure. just kind of didn't want to be involved, I guess, but they were confused why I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> what are you and doing? So, we're trying to move the other direction and you're coming this direction. Right. But I feel like as a teen, right, when you're raised that way, you do hit a point where all teens have questions, right? Whether you're raised in the religion or not, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I know I had, um, and I actually shared a little bit of this in, in my testimony today, but I, I kind of had that point when I was, I guess I was 16, had, had grown up in the church and, you know, all my life. But at some point I was, I was challenged by a, a seminary teacher to, to kind of step up. And obviously I could have chosen to do whatever, but I, I, I decided to, I decided to really take it on and say, yeah, I, I want this in my life. And that was a huge turning point for me, even though I, I didn't know it at the time. So, yeah, yeah, we use, we use convert to mean somebody who wasn't raised in the church, but we're all converts at some point. If we're still here, we have yeah. to convert. It's totally everyone. Cause you have to hit You hit a point in your life where you're like, is this really what I want in my life? Mm -hmm. And you realize that you really need it. Your spirit needs it. And then to me, that's when everyone truly converts, right? Is when they actually are finally like letting their spirit have that nourishment. It's always wanted. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's very much the Lord's plan versus Satan's plan. It has to be a choice. It has to be yeah. something that I decide is for me. And if it's any other way, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So um, it sounds like you you did have some good support. And that's that's huge to to have that from yeah. some friends, from from others. What would you say you said you're, you were longing, you wanted more, what was, and, and do you remember some of the doctrines that you were like, Oh my gosh, that is so refreshing. That fills my soul just to learn this principle. Yeah. So like, honestly, the plan of salvation was probably like the biggest, like mind blowing thing to me. Right. So when I was seven, I was in a horrible car accident and I almost died. Mm. And I actually remember it sucks because that's actually like my only memories really from childhood now. Wow. Um, I remember how close I was to dying. I actually remember that feeling and I remember how I felt. And it was after that. that I've always had this feeling of longing. I didn't know what it was and I didn't know where it came from. So right, like 10 years later, <laughs> sure. I'm being taught the plan of salvation. I'm mean, being taught that I had, you know, a life before this, or I was somewhere before this and I have this life now and I'm going somewhere after this. And there's like reasons behind all that and that you know heavenly father wanted us to make decisions for ourselves and to learn and to grow and so like i feel like each decade that goes by 
I'm slowly like learning more <laughs> and I'm feeling like more and more spiritually connected to heavenly father and like what he wants for me. And so, yeah, that longing, it's slowly, I mean, I feel like I'm still just longing to always learn, but like then when I was learning at the beginning, um, that plan of salvation, that was like, amazing to me because I also had lost a lot of family and friends at the time. And so, um, like to death, they had, they had passed. You mean, yeah, wow. I had like teenage friends that passed away. Um, That's my tough. grandpa and lots of family members. And so I wanted to know that they were somewhere, you know, else and that it just didn't end. Sure. And so learning all that, it was, uh, it was pretty amazing, really. It pretty much like solidified to me at that time. Yeah, this is where I need to be. This is where I want to be. And let's keep it going. Like let's awesome. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Did do you feel like it filled that void in your in your heart, that that longing? Did do you feel like, yeah, this this fits perfectly and it it's it gives me what I've been seeking? Yeah, yeah. Um it definitely like, it's so weird to explain, but when your spirit, at least when my spirit actually is being fed what it always has wanted, it almost feels like you, you're lighter. You feel oh, lighter. Sure, sure. And so I just felt, I felt lighter. I felt like my problems, my trials, it was all for something and it was going to be okay. And, you know, ultimately I'm growing from it and I have a savior that is really walking alongside me this whole entire time. Um, helping me through it. I was never alone. Absolutely. And knowing that, knowing that, like learning that, that I was never actually alone. That was huge. As a teenager, when you feel like the most alone, oh, right? sure. when you feel like I'm going through this all by myself, no one understands how I feel. My parents certainly don't understand. How I feel. <laughs> sure. But then knowing that there is someone out there who does, that was life-changing for me. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So let's get back for just a second. You talked about some offs and ons. What were some of the challenges that you ran into and, and maybe caused you to pause for for a minute and say, Hey, I don't know if I'm quite ready to do this whole baptism thing. I think honestly, it was just like, it was physical things. Cause at the time I had, um, more surgeries that I needed to be going through. And I was like, I can't be baptized right now. Like I got surgery on my head here soon. <laughs> and like, yeah. and then I, I guess like I hit points where I I doubted, you know, I doubted mm -hmm. myself. I was like, I don't even know if I can do this. You guys have a lot of rules. You know that? Like, a <laughs> lot. <laughs> sure. And so, you know, a 17 year old kid, I'm just like, that's a big, that's a big commitment to take yeah. on. And yeah. so what if I mess up, what's going to happen, you know? And then obviously my missionaries, they were awesome. They always were able to like reel me back in. <laughs> as I was totally going off the wall, you know, like freaking out. And, uh, 
yeah so i feel like a lot of it was just doubt doubting sure, if sure. i could do it doubting if it was just too much for me at the time too much to take on too much to commit to and so yeah those are why a lot of the pauses kind of happened and i i would just kind of stop talking to them like ghost them sure. completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're used but, to that yeah i mean yeah <laughs> They still would come. I mean, they like decorated my car with a bunch of sticky notes about how much I'm loved and stuff like that. They found me at track practice, you know, like they just found me everywhere. <laughs> like, Stalking oh you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very um, cool. Yeah. So cool. you you were baptized in March, and um, you I think you said so 17. So did you have another year of high school still? Or was that right before you graduated? Or what was the timeline? Yeah, let's see. I was baptized in March 2009. So I did still have a whole another year of high school um, that I had to do. So that's why colleges were. That's why I brought up college, you know, because I was like, Oh, where am I going to go to college? I was planning on playing field hockey in Virginia. And then obviously that all changed because I went to BYU Idaho. So and you yeah. told me uh, at some point your family moved to Idaho. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So my family, so I got baptized in March. My mom got baptized in June and my dad got baptized in October. Oh, so cool. That was okay. Like kind of how all that went. Um, they're not really, they still believe a lot of it, but like right now it's kind of like a rocky time in their life. So I just, you know, still love them, but. They all moved with me because my dad never really wanted to go to Virginia. I went to Virginia originally because of the car accident and the medical care that I needed. Wow. Okay. The military had it in Virginia. So that's where, that's where we went. Gotcha. So, so you told me a little bit about how moving from Virginia to Idaho was a little bit of a strange experience from having very few LDS people you knew to all of a sudden you're swimming in <laughs> an area where almost everyone is LDS. What was that like? Honestly, it was kind of suffocating a little because I felt like I had to fit in and I didn't, I was, I am not a normal Mormon or whatever, you know, I'm not cookie cutter by any means. And I don't think I ever will be. So okay. I had to like face that in Idaho, you know, I had to face the fact that I was actually different, even though I also was part of that religion sure. and it was weird. Um, and that kind of brought on more, I don't know if you call it doubt, but I'm just like, did I make a huge mistake? You know, like, so you felt, I guess what I'm hearing at least is that you're that some of the cultural norms or. Now, you maybe you don't do your hair the same way that we do our hair, so you must not be one of us. So there were some of those. Um, is is that what I'm? Yeah. Hearing. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Plus, like a lot of the guys at school, unfortunately, don't didn't look at converts the same way they look at like lifelong members, and so I kind of was never. I felt like I was never on par, right? I felt like mm. I was never really matched up with these people who grew up in the church. And so um, there was some, some hardship. There was some pain there with, with being excluded without even like, you know, 
meaning to be or wanting to be. And I was just different. It was very easy to see how different I was. And they, well, at least a lot of the people that I talked to, they made, made sure I knew I was different. Mm. So I was annoyed, you know, like, yeah, that's hard. Isn't how it's supposed to be. And it was very, there was a lot of like, you know, yelling at God in prayer. <laughs> like you're yeah. the one who told <laughs> this was supposed to be the right thing. <laughs> and so, you know, proof, proof right there that just because you got baptized doesn't mean life's going to be, you know, easy. It's not meant yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you, in, in, whether you're, you know, yelling at him or how did you, I guess, make peace with God about that? Um, honestly, through all my prayers and my, uh, it was a lot. So through all that, I just felt and heard in my head, you know, you are loved. You are my daughter and it's going to be okay. So after that, I was pretty confident in those things. So it was easy to just keep going. I kept my inner circle very small Mm -hmm. (laughs) after that. And so only had a select amount of friends who just accepted me for me and I accepted them for them. And we just kind of grew with each other. And I think it's beautiful. You, you said you are loved, you're my daughter and it'll be okay. I mean, that is such a powerful message because it's, it feels like you could, you can get through anything if you just with that. Yes, definitely. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so at some point you met Tyke and he didn't exclude you because of you were a convert or. <laughs> Tyke actually has always wanted to marry a convert. So it was amazing to finally meet someone <laughs> who like <laughs> wanted me for me, you know, it was, it was great. It was amazing. And it was, um, the timing of it all was crazy because I actually was in a completely um, different major and I went blind and I had to change majors because I actually needed to see to be able to do the major I was studying. And so you say I went was, blind. Was that, was that because of some of the other surgeries and accidents and, and things you'd been through or what? Um, yeah. So they think it might be related to the accident, but I ended up getting diagnosed with this um, illness in my brain um, around like 19 years old and um, it just caused a lot of problems. I ended up going blind because of it. And so at that point I was like, so okay with my trials by then that I was like, okay, heavenly father, I'm blind. I'm sure you know that. So I need help. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to like keep living my life? I'm totally okay if it has to be me staying blind, right? But you know how powerful that is. I mean, that just strikes me to the core that to to be that trusting in God to say I'm okay with what what feels to me like a very heavy burden. That's a that's a big trial. Hugely heavy. And I had no one else, really. I had no one else to 
understand what I was going through right then and there. And so it was just like, it was just me and Heavenly Father. And I was like, I'm not going to get through this without you. So well, and what's, what's beautiful about that is that you knew you would get through it with him. Exactly. And I did. And so, um, I changed my major to, um, something that I could easily do. Well, not easily <laughs> school was still really hard, but sure. you know, I changed my major to something I could do if I stayed blind. Wow. And that's actually where I met Tyke. And then my vision obviously came back. How long were you in a state of blindness, if I can use that term. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the full complete blindness lasted probably for like two weeks. Um, it turned out that I just had a ton of fluid in my brain and it was like crushing a nerve or something. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was crushing my nerves. And so I couldn't see. So what they were doing was just draining the fluid through my back. So I'd mm. get like spinal taps and constantly having them kept like the fluid down, gave my nerves time to heal. Mm-hmm. And I got my vision back. So it was good. And it was scary. But yeah, it happened. And I met Tyke. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You've been married how long now? Uh, eight years. Eight, eight years. years. You got three beautiful children. How old are they? Our youngest is one. She'll be two in April. Then our middle is five. And then our oldest is seven. Awesome. Awesome. So um, as we close, because we're, we're about out of time, I've, I've loved hearing everything that you've shared. And, and I find it humbling just how, how powerful and straightforward your faith is, just trusting in God. And so the last question I want to ask, Crystal, is what have you come to know through your life, your trials, the gospel, your you know, um, honestly, like I'm a daughter, I'm a daughter of the heavenly father. He made me, he loves me. I was born with worth that I never, ever have to worry about it leaving or me giving it away or me earning it. Cause it's there. And I'm never alone so much has happened in my life i'm still so young but i feel like there's so much experience there and it has always been with my savior my heavenly father without them i i would not have gotten through this and that's why it's amazing that i have because if anything i'm a testament that this this walk in our life it's never alone sure and I love that. And I will always love that. I think like no matter how hard it gets, that's a constant reminder. I think we need to have, we're never alone. Yeah. It's going to be okay. We'll that's be all beautiful. right. That's beautiful. I, I, what I'm hearing you say is no matter how hard it gets, God is always bigger and his love for us. I love the way you said it, that we can never lose it. It's, it's been part of my experience that, you know, if I wasn't living up to my own expectations or maybe I wasn't living up to the commandments as well as I thought that, that my, my worth has really struggled at times, my, my feeling of self-worth. But just to hear you say that, that 
I'm, I'm loved no matter what I have infinite worth, whether I'm, you know, performing a certain way or, or not at all. It's, a, it's still there. It can't be taken away. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your, your faith, your story. And, um, I hope you have an awesome day and, and we will talk again later. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. I love, I love talking about that side of me because I don't really talk about it often, only to church, obviously, but it's a huge part of me. Just- well, and honestly, that's, that's really what struck me. I mentioned the email a little bit at the beginning is just that there's some very powerful faith that needs to be shared that I, that I think we all need to hear. And so that's why I asked to, to see if we could record and share this. So thank you so much. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.